Hey friends, this episode comes to you from Jones Island State Park in Washington's San Juan Islands. I'm out here with my good friend Hobbs Barber. We've kayaked out to this remote island state park to see if we can witness bioluminescence, easily one of nature's most spectacular phenomena. But for now, we're just enjoying some drinks around a campfire on the beach. For the full story, please check out our episode titled The San Juans of the Salish Sea. Hobbs lives on adjacent Orcas Island in a year outside of Moran State Park, which is just an absolutely amazing park, complete with mountains and lakes. I highly recommend it. And he's eager to share its story, but we decided it was best told after a few rounds. I'm your host, Alex Roberts, and I hope you enjoy Hobbs's drunk history of Moran State Park on this short of the State Parks Project, America's Second Best Idea. So Hobbs, now that we got you a little lubricated here around the fire on your day off, um, you want to do a this drunk history of uh how moran state park came to be i I can try i should have like i did say i was like i'm gonna brush up on this one and then like i my (laughs) i got my head cut off by work and i was like i have not brushed up on this um i really wish i could have because like there's some really funny anecdotes about robert moran like at one point he got attacked by a deer at his house um (laughs) I don't know. We found the article. We were like, I'm sorry. He got attacked by a deer. And then apparently his cook got attacked by a deer that like came into the kitchen at Rosario <laughs> and attacked him. <laughs> I was like, what? There's a time that like some weird like college kids came and stole one of his rowboats and like went to jail or something like that. There's just really weird stories. But anyway, uh, Robert Moran, he was uh, at one point the mayor of Seattle. And then he was an entrepreneur shipbuilder and built, like, warships. Like, actual, like, warships. Literally. I don't remember their names. They're in, uh, if you go to Rosario, they got, like, the models of them, which is pretty cool. Um, But he basically, at one point, he owned a ton of Orcas Island. Like, he moved out here. I forget the date. Again, I'm bad with numbers. I forget the date that he moved out to Orcas Island, but basically he came out to Orcas Island, started Rosario as sort of his, like, this is my place to, like, be with my family and chill and, like, invited his family members and was like, this is great. And then he was like, I own this entire mount. I'm going to try and slip into drunk history mode and just go that way. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Then he was like, you know, I own this entire mountain. So, like, let's do something about that. And he made this, like, wagon road that went up to the top of the mountain. And I was like, great, I'm going to bring my friends up to the top of this mountain. And, like, literally he was all about just, like, I'm going to bring people out here because this place is cool as shit and everyone should know about it. Uh, And so he would. He would just bring people out and be like, yeah, come out here. This is cool. And he built a wagon road, a wagon road that went to the top of the mountain. And there's, like... Like, we have photos of, like, horse-drawn-ass buggies going to the top of this mountain where you're like, no, never. 
Like drive up that mountain road and tell me you would try to do that in a horse-drawn cart. <laughs> Absolutely not. But it, uh, like that was originally how they did it. So yeah, they would go up, like he would take people up. There's really, really cool photos from like the 1910s-ish where it's just, you know, it's it's all the it's all that like 1910 like people people on the summit where the tower is now like looking out over baker with all their just like the women are in their like very like not fancy but what do you call that like overdone dresses like these these big formal dresses or not even formal i don't know what you call them but everyone's just dressed up the men are all in like full-on three-piece suits and everything and they're just like oh we're having a picnic up here <laughs> uh, but there's like you know, it's just like I know for a fact that you just took like a three hour buggy ride to get to the top of this fucking mountain because um, I, I think it was like three to four hours that it took to get up there which is horrifying wow yeah it's it's uh, it sounds miserable like honestly then I mean, you gotta get down oh yeah which again can you imagine so like going up you're like well alright like at least we're going slowly Going down, it's like, if one of these horses trips, we're going to die. Because, like, the cart's just going to fly off the edge of it. I mean, I think it went up the same basic route that we have now, but, like, there are some serious cliffs along that roadway. Like, scary cliffs. Like, in a car, sometimes I don't feel entirely safe. Like, if your brakes went out, you could be in some real trouble. But anyway, so, yeah, he was doing that. And he was like, I love this place. I love this land. I recognize it as just being incredible. And uh, in, it was, I think, 19... When did he do his first proposal? It was somewhere in the very, very early... It was either right before 1920 or it was in 1920s. The early, early 1920s. He proposed, basically, he said, like, Hey, Washington, I want to give you this land. Like, I I want this land to be protected and preserved for the people. Like... I love it. I love sharing it with people. I literally want to donate this to the public. Like, literally, he wanted to donate it to the public. That was his plan. And so Washington State was like, that's cool. We don't know what to do with this. Because, like, we don't, we're new. We don't have, like, we don't have anyone to manage lands. What do you, like, I don't know what to do with this. So they refused him several times. They were like, we can't take this land. And he was like, you're gonna. And so he just, like, I mean, literally, he was like, no, he just, he kept, he kept saying, like, I want this preserved, I want this preserved, I want this preserved. And basically, Washington State was like, okay, we've got this land that wants to be preserved, we've got to figure out how to do it. And so they started, oh, man, what was it called? It was like the, the uh, like the land council or something. It was it wasn't called Washington State Parks. It was it had a different name. But they basically started this like the Bureau of Washington Land Management or whatever, and they started that almost because Moran was like, "I'm giving you land," and Washington was like, "I don't know what to do with this," so. He basically kickstarted the legislature legislation that created Washington State Parks. Like that's eventually that became Washington State Parks. So once they got that, once Washington got their shit together and was like, "Oh, we need like a land management agency. Cool, we've got one." Uh, 
Well, they did that because Moran was like, I'm giving you land. You better figure out what to do with it. And then Larrabee State Park, like a sneaky little bastard, got in there first and became the first state park. So Larrabee State Park is technically the first state park in Washington, which is up in Bellingham or next to Bellingham. It's honestly one of my favorite places to go. I don't know if you've been to Larrabee. But oh, yeah. No, I love Larrabee. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So they were the first ones. Technically, they were the first state park. But it can be argued that the efforts of Robert Moran is what started Washington State Parks because he was the one that got the conversation going of like, well, how do we manage land that someone's trying to give us? So he basically in 1921 is when we were like, okay, we can, we can take this. Um, so last year, 2020, 2021, was our centennial, uh, our birthday, basically our 100-year celebration of Moran State Park because it's been 100 years since it became a state park, which is rad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I, one could draw it back to the idea that the origins of Moran State Park are what created Washington State Parks, in theory. Uh, but then, you know, after that, you get into the CCC history, and, like, it, the, that's the cool thing. Like, the, the land became a state park, but that story, like, did not even remotely end there. Because then you get into the CCC era and all the work that they did, and just... Like, the CCC, the Civilian Conservation Corps, the Depression-era effort um, to, like, like, hey, we're in the Great Depression. We need to do something. Let's give all these young men, like, work to do. They did. And the way that they built stuff uh, literally shaped, like, why you see the kind of architecture you do in Washington State Parks, that kind of, like, log and stone style. It's because of the CCC. And because we like they they were they were basically operating right at the start of Washington State Parks, like right as we were becoming a thing. And so the buildings they built, we were like, Oh yeah, this is what parks look like in Washington. And when the CCC was over, apparently like Washington tried out some other models and the people were like, no, we like what this looks like. We like this aesthetic. Why are you trying to change it? Hmm. And so we still have to this day, like that's part of the reason that you see so much of that log and stone style is because Washingtonians were like, no, this is what we associate with our parks because the CCC did so much work here. And, you know, I mean, they, 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 they kind of defined like the face of Washington State Parks in a lot of ways. They do work all over the place, but yeah, it's fascinating. Like Moran has a ton, like, cause Robert Moran, like he kept, he kept working. So like he got that donated. It was like, okay, it's a state park now. And he's like, cool, but we need roads. And so like, he just donated his own time and money to like make roads in the park. Like instead of like, he was like, we can't have a ra- wagon road. We got to have, you know, an actual road. And then he basically worked with the CCC to be like, let's make infrastructure here. Because, I mean, that was the same thing as the larger movement with the parks across the country, especially with the CCC, was to make it accessible to build roads. And so, I mean, yeah, and I think that was one of the greatest successes of the CCC was giving us access. uh, Dude, that, you just like matrixed a 
Did you see how close that ember just came to your face? <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, this, uh, yeah, the CCC came around in a time that was really fascinating. It's, it's cool to me to, to be able to work at a depression era park, even though it's, it's kind of odd. Like I don't really take much stock in human history in general, but I worked at Independence Mine in Alaska, which was the same basic period of significance as it is here. So I had like five years of working up there, but for a same period of history, but like for a completely different history. And I came down here and I was like, oh weird, like this shit is happening, like this is what was happening down here in the 30s. That's, that's crazy. But I love what the CCC did in a lot of ways, like for parks, because they spent so much of their effort on parks and public lands, like developing infrastructure that I think before that was kind of seen as superfluous. Like, like I don't think people, I don't know this for sure. Like this is, this is kind of speculation on my part, but it seems like that was kind of the idea. It was like, well, how do we get these people jobs? Well, let's think of something that like has not been paid attention to before, and they were like, "Oh, okay, like parks and public lands." Yeah, I mean, it seemed like the goal was to we needed it was the depression, and we needed to put people back to work, and it seemed like we're going to try to do the most good for the most people, and the modality through which they did that was parks. Yeah, yeah, it was parks, and it was. I mean, there was. They did a lot of work for parks, like a lot. They also did, I mean, there was like fire, there was fire stuff. There was like road crews that did like built roads and stuff like that too. But the stuff that, that I know about mostly because I work for parks is the park effort. And that was a huge, huge thing that they did. Um, they did, I believe it was Washington that they had the longest stay like they did the most, the longest amount of work in Washington. Um, the CCC did. Like there's their 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 sort of period of operation was the longest over here. Oh really? Yeah, I know we were lauded across the entire country. The CCC's work was seen, at least at the time, it, their finest work was done in Washington. Well, I know. Didn't the CCC also do a lot with the dams on the Columbia? I think so. I do not know very much. I don't know either. I was going to say, like, I'm not going to... One of the most important things you should know how to say as an interpreter is, I don't know. And I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I do remember, actually, an interpreter. Uh, she's working at, I think it's Dry Falls, who was talking about, uh, like, the dam and aqueduct system that they did there for agriculture. But I couldn't tell you, like the extent of it i know they did some of it but i couldn't tell you what yeah oh dry I mean, falls so much i've never been to dry falls i really want to go it's it, it's you know next time you're driving across the state and you're heading east and that you're going towards spokane oh, and into, you, into in, the waste it, it, <laughs> i like it out there <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but when you're, if you're driving out to spokane and you got a little extra time um Taking Highway 2, going across north central Washington to get to Spokane and going through the coolies. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Dry Falls is like 
so I've taken that way a couple of times to get from Leavenworth East and dry falls is like, it's like an hour in like 15 East. So it's like right when I got to pee, you know? So it's like, it's the perfect stop. And that's how I found it. I was honestly like, I was looking for a place to take a leak, looked at, looked, looked at the national geographic map and, and showed up to the largest waterfall that has the earth has ever known. Of course it's, Oh, did you, they might be out there. Hold on. They'll be there if they are. Don't worry. Okay. That looked promising. That actually did look promising. Oh yeah. They're out there. That's bio. Nice. Nice. I think we got some bioluminescence going, buddy. <laughs> I think we got some bioluminescence to go play in in a second here. Here, so Sorry, this is Smoker Hobbs from Boston. <laughs> Don't worry about me. We're just dealing with some bioluminescence in the water. You want to know what they are? They're tiny fucking animals that light up. Don't put this in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this short on the State Parks Project, America's second best idea. For the full story of our time in the San Juans, please listen to our episode titled San Juans of the Salish Sea, where we also go to Limekiln State Park and hear about the underwater listening station there and the invisible world of sound underwater. Thank you also to my friend Hobbs Barber, who graciously brought me out to Jones Island and shared so much of his knowledge about this amazing region. The State Parks Project is a community member of Leave No Trace, who reminds us to keep a clean campsite, especially if you are, shall we say, enjoying a few. That night, a raccoon started to get into a bag of trash that I had left out, and it was a good reminder to stay on top of your game while enjoying the outdoors. Thank you to everyone tagging us on Instagram and their adventures. We love seeing you all out there enjoying your parks. Soundtrack for this episode provided by our good friends, Spare Rib and the Bluegrass Sauce. To support the State Parks Project, please visit our website and consider either making a donation or picking up some of our great merchandise. There's all kinds of fun stuff on there. The State Parks Project is a work of Chumstick Productions. I'm your host, Alex Roberts. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you out there. Mm -hmm.